Hey, are you looking to buy a new car? Are you stuck in a high-rate loan and looking to refinance? Well, UK Federal Credit Union can help. Right now, UK Federal Credit Union has auto loan rates as low as 2.99% APR. Apply for an auto loan online at UKFCU.org or in person at the dealership. Get your dream car today at UK Federal Credit Union. UK Federal Credit Union. It's banking only better. Annual percentage rate, member qualification supply, rate of subject credit approval, subject change. For full disclosure, visit UKFCU.org. Federally insured by NCUA. Welcome into episode 92 of the Sources Say Podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the Growing KSR Podcast Network. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio, and today I'm happy to be joined once again by the one, the only, Sean Smith of Go Big Blue Country. Sean, how the heck are you? You know, I had three Sean Smiths in my graduating class in high school in a small town. But I still, but I am the one and only, though. I just want to make that known. One and only. I mean, you, two the of the most common ones. first name and last name that you could find and put together. Thank you, Mom. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Thanks for making me Mr. Original. But you have found a way to make a name for yourself as the one and only Sean Smith. Uh, I'm happy to have you once again. And, you know, there's not much to talk about, so I don't even know why we're recording an episode. To be totally honest, it's just—it's just not like there's the any manscaped ad. Get out yeah, of here! Oh, right? just yeah, just for the manscaped ad. Uh, that's that's <laughs> that's all uh, our fans come to listen for, anyway. So yeah, uh, talk about a 48-hour period where it went from hey, things are oddly quiet. You know, UK's ramping up with this guy, and things are going pretty well with this guy, but you know, doesn't feel like there's anything you know imminent coming uh, and, and then it just feel, felt like in the last 48 hours all hell broke loose on the uh, recruiting side of things on the transfer side of things and as we'll discuss later on in the show on the coaching side of things there is a lot of uh, fun stuff coming down uh, that we could hear by the time you listen to this it might be dated I mean the, it feels like things are coming hot and heavy uh, so we're gonna try to record multiple episodes this week as news breaks because news is expected uh, to come uh, several days this week it's it's going to be a very busy week so we're going to make sure that we're staying on top of these episodes and might not be you know an hour hour and a half episode like we might usually do uh, we'll, we might stick to a couple 30 45 minute episodes to stay as up to date as possible so Sean Let's start with the biggest news of today, uh, or I guess late Sunday evening, early Monday evening, or morning, uh, early Monday morning, and that is the news of C.J. Frederick putting his name in the transfer portal, Iowa sharpshooter. Uh, let me pull up his stats real quick. I mean, this is a guy that shot uh, 46% from three this past season on over four attempts per game. I mean, really one of the best shooters in all of college basketball. And, Sean, this is a guy that fans probably should have been familiar with uh, over the last month or two because there have been very, very loud rumblings and whispers that not only was he going to put his name in the transfer portal this offseason, but that Kentucky was going to be 
arguably his top suitor almost immediately uh, that he had privately kind of expressed expressed interest on his own uh, on his own right that that he would want to play at Kentucky if the opportunity presented itself. So this is something we have talked about on this show in the past, and now it's it's officially official. He's he's now in the transfer portal Sean uh just before we get into you know the timeline of it all and and kind of um you know the really the big news aspect of it where he's leaning those sorts of things what do you what would you make of of his potential addition to uh this program especially considering who they've already added and the likes of Kellen Grady and the return of of uh Dante Allen those sorts of things kind of not sure what his role will be and what like if he ends up coming to Kentucky, because I want to see what the pieces are around him. Who else do they add? You know, obviously we know they're going to add a point guard. That's a given. Uh, do they add another piece on the wing if they get Frederick? What happens with Davion Mintz? Still waiting on that. But as far as what I like about it, I like that he has three years of eligibility remaining if he decides to use the COVID waiver at the end of his senior year. I think that's what makes him so appealing to Kentucky. If you can get a guy in the portal right now, who's going to be in your program for more than one season, a kid who has ties to Kentucky, played at Covington Catholic, was a star there. Just that's what makes it feel like it it would be a really good deal for John Calipari and for C.J. Frederick if you can get a guy in the portal this time around that's going to be in your program for more than one year. And I, I would feel pretty confident that Frederick would be a multiple-year guy at Kentucky. Uh, so I, I pulled up his official stats. He was a 2018 K- Kentucky Gatorade Player of the Year, started 27 games for Iowa last season, uh, finished a year averaging 7.5 points per game on 47% shooting overall and 47.4% shooting from three. Um, as a freshman, uh, averaged 10.2 points per game, 46% from three on over four attempts per game. So, I mean, this is a, a guy that he's going to come in as a plug-and-play shooter. And uh, So now to kind of get into the – inside scoop side of things that uh, has been kind of a not the greatest secret on the planet in terms of Kentucky basketball. So uh, back in February, uh, I believe I was on a pregame show in Drew Franklin, a KSR pregame show in Drew Franklin. We were talking about, you know, potential additions for this offseason and adding shooting and all that stuff. And he mentioned very kind of discreetly, just very much in passing, uh, there's a guy on Iowa to keep an eye on, local kid, and and very very quickly everybody realized, huh? C.J. Frederick, you know, former uh, Covington Catholic standout, Cincinnati native, but you know, obviously a ton of ties to to the state of Kentucky. So that kind of tipped everybody else off. I did a bunch of um, you know legwork behind the scenes since then and found out that uh, you, you know just late February, you know, mid February, late February that he was very strongly considering a transfer this off season. And, and if he did were to enter the portal as he ended up doing that, Kentucky would immediately jump into the front, uh, you know, the, the driver's seat of his recruitment that he was very interested in going home. Um, a lot of people are wondering about, you know, he averaged 25.5, 26 minutes per game for a national title contender, you know, one of the top seeds in the tournament this past season. Why would he, want to leave the program when when he already had such a great role uh i mean there was some buzz that he was gonna you know he could potentially be iowa's leading scorer next season there was a lot of uh of promise and praise coming his direction this offseason iowa fans are, are very very high on him 
And there's like, why, why would he want to leave and, you know, potentially take a lesser role at Kentucky when he already had everything he could want at, at Iowa. And I was told way back in February that he's comfortable coming in and being a six man, that he just wants yeah. to come closer to home. He's a Cincinnati kid. He just wants to, uh, you know, be close to friends and family, our drive away to, you know, be able to, uh, you know, go home on the weekends and see his, his you know family and and close friends people he grew up with those sorts of things so like he it's almost the perfect situation for fans that are are want a just a good fit for a guy that just genuinely wants to be inside the program this is a guy that just wants to move closer to home and and play for a a school that he could you know be put on a positive spotlight a a big spotlight make big shots and 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 make an impact for a, a national title contending program and and he thinks he could do that at a place like Kentucky so uh, I I mean I heard late last night I mean this this has been something that's been in the works for a month two months on his end that he he was genuinely wanting this and as soon as he kind of got a go-ahead that Kentucky would be interested and that there would be a a roster spot available for him that he kind of took that step forward so Sean everything that I have heard over the last month and a half month last couple weeks even when things slowed down a bit was that if if he were to enter the portal that he'd be Kentucky bound and uh there's nothing that I've heard that indicates anything to the contrary I think he will end up being a Kentucky Wildcat yeah I actually got a text not too long ago that somebody told me that it could happen pretty quickly Mm -hmm. honestly I mean now that he's officially in the portal and then things can start moving in that direction like you said this is a name that's been thrown out there on message boards before Iowa even started the NCAA tournament, there was buzz that C.J. Frederick would end up at Kentucky. I know he obviously had some issues there at Iowa with, with some missed games due to injuries. Uh, I know some stuff with his feet. But I think uh, McCaffrey said last week, if I'm not mistaken, on Wednesday, that that will not require surgery and that he would resume workouts this week. So it sounds like Iowa was under the impression maybe that they were going to have him back again too. But – He's another name that enters the transfer portal. We've we've been talking for weeks. Is there someone out there Kentucky was going to get that had not put their name in the portal yet? And it it seems like C.J. Frederick right now, if you're ranking who's the most likely to end up at Kentucky, Frederick has to be at the top of the list. Just all the buzz that's been there, uh, the connection to the state of Kentucky, playing at Covington Catholic. There's And then everything I said a minute ago about him being a guy that you could see in your program for more than one season, that's why I like it. And then what you added, if he's okay being a six-man six role. But you're talking about a shooter, 46 47% from three-point range, put him alongside Dante Allen, put him alongside Kellen Grady. Maybe it's safe to say that John Calipari is committed to constructing rosters differently. Now, is he really going to commit to playing three perimeter guys? That'll be the next step. But there's certainly an approach this offseason that has been to get skilled guards and skilled guys that can shoot the basketball. And John Calipari, if they land C.J. Frederick, Jack, they could have gone from one of the worst three-point shooting teams in college basketball to, on paper, one of the best. Factor in the possibility of Davion Mintz returning as well. I mean, we're talking four guys in in the top of the rotation that shot over 38 37% from 3 this past season as high as 46% from 3 so i mean that we're we're talking high and it's not guys that shot one or two threes per game you know where they kind of inflated shooting numbers just because of of the sheer quantity we're talking high quality high volume three point shooters 
that that could be lining the the uh, the roster. And you know, we talked about you know what what kind of lineups would would Cal be using this past se- this next season, and and uh, you know, would he truly go back to the dribble drive? Would he really go to the, that four out one in? As Oscar Sheboy during his press conference just last week said that that's UK's goal that they're they're getting back to that. Uh, you know, is he going to be committed to? Having it's one thing to say we have Davion Mintz, Dante Allen, CJ Frederick, and Kellen Grady on the roster, four knockdown shooters. But are you how many of them are you going to play at one time? Is it going to be a one in, you know, two, one or two guys? But even still, what we talked about over the last couple of weeks is Dante Allen last year was the shooter. As soon as he checked in the game, everybody said, Oh, there's a shooter, guard him. You know, lock him up. Do not let him get open looks. He will knock down shots. And it essentially became four on four every time Dante came in the game because they completely focused all of their energy on making sure Dante didn't have the ball in, ball in his hands. And outside of him, there weren't any, you know, shot creators, shot makers to, uh, you know, make that big of a difference. So as, as great as Dante was at his best when he wasn't getting open looks, you know, his presence really wasn't that uh, you know, that great on the floor. But when you have him on the floor on top of, you know, bringing in a guy like CJ Frederick, a 46% shooter, comparable shooter to Dante Allen, and then bringing in a Kellen Grady, who's a, you know, 39-ish percent three-point three shooter, and then maybe a, even a Davion Mintz at the point guard position, uh, you know, shooting 37, 38%. I mean, you're, when you have shooters at all guard positions all across your entire backcourt, I mean, that, that, like you said, to go from arguably the worst shooting bunch in college basketball last season to potentially the best, at least on paper, I mean, that that has to give, you know, make Kentucky fans feel pretty darn confident going into next season for sure. Yeah, and, you know, and obviously we're talking as if C.J. Frederick is the Kentucky Wildcat because I'm pretty sure we're under the assumption that if he doesn't end up at Kentucky, it would be a big shock, right, at this point. But – the difference is, and uh, some people will be like, well, B.J. Boston was supposed to be a good shooter. Yeah, but we have we have actual proof that Kellen Grady and C.J. Frederick and Dante Allen can do it at the collegiate level. That's the difference is you have three guys that can flat out stroke it, and then it comes down to me what happens at point guard. I think those three guys, if they're on your roster, and I don't think Kentucky's finished with that. I should say Davion Mintz, obviously, we're still waiting on that. Jack, is that a possibility? I do think that even if they get Ty Ty Washington, I still think that there's room for a sixth perimeter player, especially if John Calipari is going to play three perimeter players. But the biggest difference in playing three perimeter players now is not if one of them doesn't have the skill set of Isaiah Briscoe. Mm -hmm. When they did that back-to-back years – it was a disadvantage for Isaiah Briscoe. He was he was on the floor because he was the best option they had, but it wasn't in a position to be successful. These pieces on this roster, and if they get Frederick, they're guys that can be successful if there's a Ty Ty Washington running the point or a Nolan Hickman running the point. Um, but what exactly does Cal do with this? Do is Marcus Carr later in the summer still an option if Mintz isn't on the roster? Not sure with that, but I do think that we we know that Frederick, I think, is option number one now in the portal. At some point, obviously, we'll get a report, Jack, that Kentucky's reached out. Who knows how quietly this thing works? The Grady situation was so quiet and done with before we even knew what was going on. And then they would not have offered Ty Ty Washington when they did if they didn't think that they could get him. 
Right. That's how I look at it. I, I think that I feel confident that Frederick's on the UK's roster, and I'm starting to lean that Washington will be the other guy too. And then it comes down to is it Davion Mintz or is it Adam Miller or who do they get? I, I think that there will be 12 scholarship guys on this roster next season. I think that we're going we're gonna to look and we're going to see six perimeter players, and I think we're going to see six guys at the four or five. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And before we close the book on CJ Frederick, I will note the person that originally reached out to me back in February and said, keep an eye on CJ Frederick. If he enters a portal, it's, it's a done deal to Kentucky. He's uh, that, that's where he wants to go. Uh, I texted him late last night and then early again this morning and, uh, you know, felt him out. You know, you think anybody else will be involved or is it a done deal figured Xavier or UC would at least call um, and he said, I think it was a done deal before he even entered the portal. So if you that happens a lot with these kids, right? Right. I mean, a lot of the, and that's not, it's not tampering. Like I've, I've had so many people be like, well, Kentucky's clearly tampering and it's been Iowa people yeah. that I've seen in mentions. Iowa no, fans, like, they're in their fields. They're in their fields. Kids, about this guy. Well, here's the thing. Like you're, you're an 18, 19, 20 year old kid. You have your future ahead of you. You have connections. If you want to leave, you can fill situations out without the school actually tampering with the commitment. There's right. somebody knows somebody. And that's just how this, that's how this business works. Yeah. Not yeah. to say that Kentucky's directly called and contacted Frederick's family because Frederick's put fillers that out. Be, that would be tam tampering. That would be tampering. Discussed. Yes. Frederick or someone that's close to people, they put these fillers out, Jack, and then they get feedback and they're like, okay, I'm going in the portal. And then most of these guys go in the portal kind of having an idea who A, B, and C are. Some people go into the portal knowing that A is where I want to go. Yeah. And I think, think of, that this might be a case. Think of Garrison Brooks with Mississippi State. His dad was on staff there. I mean, and technically, I mean, even though he's his dad, it would be tampering if his own father reached out to him as a UNC player and said, we want you at Mississippi State. That would be tampering. But I think there's ways to get around that and find out if there's potential interest there. That was a thing that happened. Uh, same thing with, uh, uh, shoot, um, um, of course, DJ Jeffrey, same exact situation with Memphis and Mississippi State. As soon as he put his name in the portal, everybody said he's going to Mississippi State. There's no question. That's a done deal. Former UK commit, turn Memphis signee, turn uh, Mississippi State guard. That, like, that, that was a done deal before it even happened. You don't have to reach out to kids directly to find out if a they are interested or the other direction if you are the player in question you can find out if a school is interested in you if Kentucky was not interested or another one of the big name programs that will very likely at least extend interest in him uh didn't want him on on staff he would not have entered the portal I mean that's a very common thing to feel out to, to you know put out feelers find out if there's mutual you know potential mutual interest hey uh you know somebody find out if if Kentucky would want me on their roster it gets back to, it get you know going down the rabbit hole going through different you know pathways it gets to the destination it needs to get to and then they return that interest it's it's i mean it, that's just the way same college basketball justin powell yeah it's the same thing with justin powell's situation i mean there's fillers out there and you eventually find out okay if they don't reach out in a certain time frame they're not going to reach out but yeah. this portal stuff i mean it's it's definitely made it entertaining it's free agency it's free agency without money it, it most certainly is, and it's it's going to continue to be that way. Um, 
you know, for the foreseeable future. And I will note uh, my last final bit of scoop on this topic is um, he does have a scholarship offer available for him at Kentucky if he wants one. I was also told that uh, here in the last, um, you know, hour or so. So just this this is we cannot stress enough that this is a a situation to keep a very close eye on if you're a Kentucky fan and it would be one that I think uh, given the other pieces on the roster if you were asking him to come in and be a you know high profile superstar player I mean yeah then I think that would have been a little bit more difficult but this is I mean uh, I mean, this is definitely the the situation. I mean, I think it'd be a great fit with the other pieces that UK already has in the fold, who they've added, who's returning, those sorts of things. Um, let's move on to the other kind of biggest topic of the last 48 hours or so, uh, and that is that there are some staff changes on the horizon, Sean. Um, this is something that people have been kind of asking about for the last – month or so since the season ended you know with Kentucky having a historically bad season are are they going to you know shift things uh, shuffle things move guys around or are they going to leave whatever and uh, I think it's become very clear that there is change happening and there's very likely going to be multiple changes happening and it it becomes a very touchy issue Um, it, it, it this happened last summer when Jay Lucas was being rumored as an addition. Everybody found out behind the scenes that Jay Lucas was coming, but nobody knew how Jay Lucas was going to be added to the official. So people were like, oh, well, John Robick's got to be retiring. So I bet they move Tony Barbie over, you know, slide him over to John Robick's role. John Robick retires, and then they add Jay Lucas in, and that's going to be your rotation. And people kind of come up with these scenarios and stuff. And then you got to look at a guy like John Robick and like you're penciling him out of a job, you know, something like that. And obviously that didn't come to fruition. He's still, you know, on UK staff, things are going well with him, you know, those sorts of things. So you got to be careful with announcing things whenever it comes to a coaching staff change. It's easy when a, a player commits or there's a transfer on the horizon or something like that. Like CJ Frederick, it's easy to say, yeah, there's a, you know, you need to keep a close eye on that. It, you know that, that it's going to happen at, at, at some point. Just make sure you're you're watching closely. But when there are jobs on the line and it's a person's career, and this is, I mean, it's it just opens the door for more. Yeah, it, it, there's it, it's it's not black and white. It's there's so much gray area there that makes it very complicated. So when people aren't willing to just go willy-nilly oh this guy's being added there's gonna they're gonna add this guy too this guy's you know on his way out but like it's it's so it's such a touchy subject that you almost have to wait until one thing happens before taking the next step and announcing the next thing so Sean I I struggle with putting out what we're allowed to put out um I I did the same thing on Kentucky Daily (laughs) I didn't put I'm not given names obviously but um, people I will, should just be paying attention for sure, right? Yeah. I, I will say that one of the names is a familiar face that Kentucky fans should Adore. know very well and like quite a bit. And that's probably the extent of uh, that conversation uh, on that front. Um, but the other one is a um, potential, should, should it come to fruition, it's a name that 
a lot of you guys will be unfamiliar with, but a lot of very strong ties to, uh, you know, the recruiting scene and a lot of grassroots, um, you know, connections and those sorts of things. So one of the names you'll go, oh, duh, obviously. The other will kind of be like, oh, where does that fit in? And that might feel like an odd move, uh, but just be patient with that. And that's probably where we will hold well, off on anything else in terms of actual names and stuff. But it, it yeah. leads to know that something, something is brewing. Yeah, and let's just say that it's the same. Let's just say it's the same. <laughs> it's with the connection of where it's coming from and everything. There's obviously something. If when it does unfold, two names. There's obviously something with the transfer portal as well to pay attention to. But a lot still to happen, I guess. Like, do you get all of it at once? I don't know. I think you'll get it, and I think you'll get split. I think you'll get one. And then I think you'll get another one announced at a later date. Uh, but there's certainly some changes coming, Jack. And I know it's it's a it's a messy topic. That's we didn't name names earlier. I didn't want to name names today and stuff. But we will when everything is settled and the dust is settled and stuff. We will discuss, I guess, roles and what they're going to be because obviously there's going to be a lot of changes. They went nine and sixteen, Jack. John Calipari is making changes. It's encouraging. But sometimes changes mean that other people go elsewhere. They find jobs or head coaching positions. Uh, everyone will land on their feet regardless of what happens. But there are changes coming to Kentucky basketball, not just the transfer portal. Yeah, and I think it's a – I am always very touchy about big drastic decisions and changes when things go – south like when you know the fans say fire Calipari it's you know his time's done college basketball's passed him over I mean there were specific gripes this past season that that you could could criticize him for I criticized him plenty we we all did uh, and it was very deserved as well but it the idea of firing Cal after one poor season was never a a realistic option that was never going to be something that Mitch Barnhart ever considered uh, and I kind of feel the same way about the about the assistants. I don't know if a complete shakeup is necessary, but I trust Cal to you know his judgment if he thinks that a change is necessary. With you know it, it, it might not even be that one specific person isn't uh, you know living up to the expectation or doing their job or, or you know not being good enough or whatever. But there's a sense of branding and things going a bit stale at times and we've talked about how the brand just doesn't feel like that swaggy uh you, you know when when Kentucky when John Calipari first arrived it just felt like like UK was the latest greatest uh you know the it, it, they were the cool program to be at to to be recruited by you know it's like oh yeah I'm being recruited by the University of Kentucky coach Cal just just called my phone and there's still uh, you know, a, a small piece of that, but it just feels like the brand has gotten a, a touch stale. And I think these upcoming moves, these potential moves, it's a very clear indicator that Cal thinks the same thing. And he wants a He wants a fresh new um, look on, on the staff. 
to join a guy like Jay Lucas on staff who has been, you know, absolutely rock solid. People have loved him from the second he arrived. Uh, I mean, that, that was a move that we knew was a home run hire as soon as they brought him on and to kind of pair him with some other, you know, strong pieces and just, it just kind of get that, 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 fresh feeling back with the program that that swagger back I think that's just something that Cal's been looking for and uh, I think if these moves come to fruition I think that I think he's going to find it yeah I, I think that not only for Kentucky basketball to find who it was I think John Calipari has to find out who he was too mm-hmm. that's obviously the start of it and we know that John Calipari relaxed that's a given I think Cal got to a point to where evaluations were off. I think he trusted and left maybe some duties in some other people's hands, and he stopped doing a lot of the evaluating. But what we know about John Calipari right now is he is leading the charge of this thing, Jack. I mean, look how involved he was with Kellen Grady with that. I mean, every day. Look how often he's checking in with Ty Ty Washington. This is John Calipari, all hands on deck. And if you can get back to John Calipari 2015, 2016 Calipari, it's a good thing. The last two or three years, John Calipari, I think you could look at him and see that he was getting tired. He needed something to revive him. And maybe it was a kick in the ass like they had this year that really set him in motion. Uh, not saying he's going to go out here and land Jaden Hardy, you know, and convince them to come to Kentucky in the coming <laughs> weeks. But yeah, getting get people around you that you trust and you feel comfortable with, and maybe it going finding a familiar face. Maybe that kind of gets you moving in the right direction again. Someone who knows you at your best. And I think that's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, think of, and again, we're, I mean, just playing with absolute fire right now. But, <laughs> but <laughs> well, the guy may or may not be, like, <laughs> we're definitely playing with fire. But there's an accountability aspect with it, right? Like where if it's a, if it's a familiar face, that familiar face can look at Cal in the eye and say, I saw you when you were on top of the world, when you were the top dog, when you were the gold standard of college basketball, I saw you at your peak. This isn't you, this, you got to get back to what you were doing before. And I think there's, and I think Cal kind of, you know, like a little hype, like a, like a hype man, like a, that same accountability that Kenny Payne had, uh, you know, there for a long time. And that, just that comfort level of, of I know you at your best. I know that when you are on top of your game, you are unbeatable. I, I saw a quote from Cal's first, um, first press conference as a Wildcat, his introductory press conference. And he said basically kind of what we're talking about. He said, UK brought me in because for, for three reasons. One, because I recruit the best players Two, because I get the best players three, because I get the best players. I will recruit the best of the best to the university of Kentucky, whether you like it or not. And I mean, and that was kind of a, Whoa, and he literally year one, John wall, DeMarcus cousins, you know, bringing back Patrick Patterson, bringing in Eric Bledsoe, like, you know, keeping Daniel Orton committed, you know, those, there was a, a confidence and a swagger level where it was like, I'm coming in here f stuff up i'm going to come in here and i'm going to shake up the college basketball world whether you like it or not and that killer instinct just has not been there so 
can should I, this move happen, I think that same level of accountability will be coming back. Yeah, I think so too. I think you get to a point where you're complacent when you go to four Final Fours in five years and you win a title, you play in two title games, and you nearly go undefeated. I think you wake up and think you can do it all again mm-hmm. at Kentucky. And he's been close. There's There have been good seasons and good teams, teams that were good enough to win titles, but often or not, though, there's been teams that weren't in the last five or six years where you knew that team wasn't going to go very far. Yeah. Like yeah. 2018, I mean, they had the perfect – draw open up with Kansas State and Loyola couldn't make it to the final four. Uh the US Murray team didn't have a big man. Like those things that were missing. Um uh, obviously it's a big off season. I wrote about it over the weekend saying it was the most important off season in the John Calipari era. That's fair to say because it is. 2013, sure, NIT NIT team, no big deal. You know why? Because they had won a title the year before. Had a number one recruiting class coming in with all these studs, all these dudes, Julius Randle. It's different right now because they just went 9-16. and 16. They were the punching bag for national media. They will continue to be the punching bag until they change it. But then you go into this season, you need something to feel good about. There's not a John Wall out there. There's not an Anthony Davis coming into college basketball, De'Aaron Fox. But there's a change coming to college basketball when it comes to the transfer portal. And who has been better with change when it comes to being the first to do something and do it a certain way? Mm-hmm. John Calipari. Now, sure enough, maybe he's still stuck in trying to play two bigs or three bigs at times for the majority of the game. Maybe he hasn't adapted to the three-point line. And not saying that Kentucky needs to come out and shoot 35 threes a night. But John Calipari has been the best of the best when it comes to reinventing the wheel and doing things on his own and then everybody else following. I don't think John Calipari is a follower. I think John Calipari has always been a leader, and maybe he does something now that ignites everybody else to follow his pattern. Maybe it's a blend. You take three high school kids a year, then you fill out the rest of your roster with the best from the portal. Well, it remains to be seen. But you get you get people who you trust more than one. I mean, Jay Lucas on the staff, you got you got a lot of guys there that you really like. I think that uh, there's some encouraging things going on behind the scenes right now. It's been very quiet, but it's about to get really loud. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, we'll kind of save the rest of the coaching stuff, hopefully for later this week. We're, we, like I said, we're gonna um, we're going to be uploading a new episode every time some semblance of news breaks, and I think there's going to be plenty of it this week. So I'd be on the lookout for at least a couple episodes. Um, I am actually going up to Indianapolis, the Indianapolis area for uh, our first big recruiting event of the, you know, I guess since COVID, uh, well over a year, almost two years since a big time recruiting event, which is just absolutely awesome. Um, Going to see a bunch of the top level programs, a bunch of UK targets. I'm going up there with uh, KSR Zach Gagan. So we're going to be doing some episodes up there as well. Just, you know, very recruiting recruiting specific episodes so we're going to be i might be there not I, sure yet. I would i would love for you to be there and we could have a little uh you know big group sources say effort it would be a it's not starkville but it'll do i guess <laughs> it'll be quite the experience um before we wrap up two more things because I, I i still got to do my manscaped ad read so just bear with me but i uh i did a recent post on on ksr kind of breaking down 
what I'm hearing on some of UK's top options to close out this roster. Uh, we mentioned a couple of them already on this episode, Marcus Carr and Adam Miller. Um, so I just figured we just run down the list real quick of, of the latest I'm hearing, just kind of a, you know, some quick hitters for fans. If you want to know the latest on, you know, what one specific kid, you know, if you have a favorite uh, that, that has hit the transfer portal or at the high school level, I'll, uh, um, hopefully have what what you're looking for here so Marcus Carr um, I talked to a bunch of people over the weekend and the latest I found is that he's going to be taking his sweet time with the draft process that he's taking it very seriously um, that's probably the favorite right now if he, he he really he's hoping to hear positive news in the in the draft process and if and if he does he is going to be staying uh, in the draft, but if he does pull his name out, um, I've heard that Kentucky is is far away the top option. Um, you know, I've heard Michigan State slightly, but really, it's I, I've I've heard it's it's either NBA or Kentucky for Marcus Carr, uh, and I think that's going to be kind of a, a an ongoing trend with this. Is I think when we were talking about does Cal have a plan? What's Cal's plan? I don't know if he necessarily has an exact plan at the point guard position. I just think that he is letting these other competitive schools take the, you know, the East Tennessee state averaging 18 points per game, the Citadel leading score, you know, taking those guys uh, that, that are looking for a college spot. They're taking those guys and filling scholarships and they're running out of scholarships. So when guys like Marcus Carr become available later this summer, if he does decide to pull his name out of the, out of the draft, Kentucky, is putting themselves in a solid position now and it kind of, you know, establishing itself as, as the top option on the board. If, uh, you know, if they do ultimately decide to pull their name out of the draft with no other possible, you know, that th- they would be the, the one and only option for them down the road, keeping, you know, one or two scholarship open, op- scholarships open available for, them so Marcus Carr is one of those guys I'm I think it's gonna be Kentucky or NBA for him Adam Miller I think that's definitely one to keep a close eye on depending on some of the things that happened this week Uh, I've heard LSU is a very top contender for him even after the commitment of Missouri transfer Xavier Pinson Um, I learned last late last week that he was actually working out with Bryce Hopkins UK signee I talked to his dad said that they're recruiting him hard to Kentucky that that's a very strong fit so that's definitely something to keep an eye on Ty Ty Washington uh, talked to his coach a couple other people close to him I think Kentucky's right in the thick of things um, UK showing him film of like Tyrese Maxey Emmanuel quickly Shea Gildas Alexander those sorts of guys um, he just cut his list down to six Kentucky was included I think that he will be announcing uh, here in the next couple of weeks Rocket Watts zero chance he goes to Kentucky I think UK just put out a feeler call just to you know cast a wide net but um, I've talked to a couple people that think that that it would be just an absolute shock if he ended up anything close to Kentucky that's just not happening Uh, Jaden Hardy unfortunately my my favorite player in the class I think he's gonna be a superstar he is very 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 likely to be signing with the G League Um, and if he doesn't go to the G League I think it's gonna be UCLA Um, I'd Hopefully something changes with these, you know, staff shakeups and, you know, things happening in the next couple of weeks. He's still available technically, so maybe things change. But as of right now, I think uh, very, very likely that he explores a professional route either to the G League. And I've heard some small rumblings of 
the overseas route as well, but but very likely G League. Um, Mac, Mac McClung, UK reached out. Um, I think Texas is going to be right at the top of you know the the board, but I've also heard like uh, Marcus Carr that he's going to be playing out the process extensively. He's not going to decide for another month or two, two months, three months, maybe depending on how the draft process goes. He is um, strongly considering the draft. That's kind of where he is leaning right now. And if he does decide to come back, Kentucky is a school to keep an eye on. But I still think Texas is right there. Um, UK is UK, Texas, Gonzaga, Georgia, Florida, Memphis, NC State, and Boston College have uh, have also reached out. Davion Harmon heard good things about UK's position with them. He's also exploring the draft process, um, but I, I do think that Kentucky is going to be in there. Um, and so I think that is the full list. And then obviously CJ Frederick with the Kentucky Buzz. So UK is in solid position with a lot of these guys, but I think it's going to be a wait and see approach with some of these pro guys. And I think there's going to be a lot more that kind of hit the table here soon. And uh, Sean, I I think UK is obviously going to be more interested in a guy that uh, could flirt with the NBA process because he's good enough to flirt with the NBA process, as opposed to a guy that doesn't even sniff the NBA ranks. I mean, wouldn't you rather have a guy that the end that, you know, NBA scouts are, you know, very much intrigued by more than a no name, you know, 15, 20 point game, you know, per game scorer at a, you know, low major, mid major type program. I, I think th- this idea, maybe getting a guy like Adam Miller, maybe getting a guy like Ty Ty Washington and just kind of saving that last scholarship for a, you know, a Marcus Carr or a Mac McClung, somebody like that. I think that's probably the safest bet for Cal. And I think that's what he's doing. Yeah, you would you would much rather have a guy who the NBA at least looks at than a guy that the NBA you have no business even putting your name in and filling it out. Uh, one thing too, I know we didn't really get into today, is what happens with Keon Brooks, mm-hmm. and I know that we will spend a lot of time on that in an episode later this week. Uh, my opinion has changed a lot in the last couple of weeks. If they don't add another big you do everything in your power to get Keon Brooks back on your roster because I think that if he's on it, he starts at the four. Mm-hmm. And I really like what Kentucky's doing if they get Frederick, they find a way to get Washington. Is there another piece on the perimeter? And then you add Brooks. Um, I actually could see those three names being three guys that get added, Jack. That when I'm counting Brooks as a guy that gets added because right now I'm taking out everyone who hasn't said, hey, I'm on this. Because mm-hmm. you're having to recruit your own guys at this point. Absolutely. So that, that's a name that, I mean, that's obviously a situation to pay attention to. Do we get some news on the player front this week? Obviously, it's him and Mintz. Even though Olivier Saar hasn't put anything out, John Calipari pretty much said it on the radio show to close the year that he was expected to pursue a career professionally. Uh, but what happens with Keon Brooks? I feel like that he's kind of in limbo right now watching what is happening with the roster. And right, he probably should, Jack. You don't want to lock in and then Cal go get a forward. Or something right. with Jacob Toppin already there, Bryce Hopkins coming in, Damian Collins, Sheboy. Uh, that's that's a thing that I th- I think you could see happen too. I, I think Kentucky obviously Cal wants Keon back. If you could get Keon Frederick to commit and transfer, then you get Ty Ty Washington. I could still see them add another perimeter player. I think they're going to get to twelve scholarship players. Mm-hmm. Is what I think they're going to have on the roster. I, I don't I, think it'll go beyond it. I think twelve will be the number. 
I also think Isaiah Jackson is a name to keep an eye on as well. And he obviously impacts Keon Brooks. Absolutely. I think if I think if Isaiah Jackson somehow returns, I just don't see a, a route for uh, Keon Brooks to return. I just don't think that's a feasible option um, at that point. I, I heard I heard more things today. You know, we we talked last week that there were there was there were a lot of rumors that he was on his way out, uh, and maybe even like a Friday type of announcement and that never came to fruition. Uh, heard better things about him kind of penciling himself in with the roster. He's back. He's working with working out with some of the players um, on the team right now. I think Isaiah Jackson's working out with them right now. Davion Mintz is there working out with them as well. So we kind of mentioned a couple episodes ago, they, none of them seem like guys that are in any rush to leave the program, which I think is, is always a good sign. Um, but I did hear more things today that – a transfer still may be on the table um, and especially depending on how the rest of this roster shake shakes out. I, I think if things stay exactly as they are currently with in, in the front court, I think that UK gets Keon Brooks back. But I think if there's any surprise returnee, if, you know, w- whether that be Isaiah Jackson or Olivier Saar, uh, if they add anybody else in the transfer portal or, Whatever the case is, if anything else changes that, I think he's he's gone. I think there's a it's a very fine line uh, that they're playing. I think it's fair for him. You know, he wants to if he, if he if he comes back, he wants to make sure that he has a role carved out for him. And if not, he can go home to Indiana. He can go, you know, to a Purdue. He can go somewhere where he can make a high level impact from day one. And you know, know what his role is. So I think that's just definitely something to keep a, a close eye on for sure. But um, yeah, plenty of moving pieces here in the the next, I mean, shoot, coming days, coming weeks, coming months. I mean, it's it, it feels like we're finally in all-in recruiting mode, all-in yeah. news mode. I don't think we'll get anything tonight, as in Monday night. Yeah. I could be wrong, but <laughs> I'd be surprised if tonight you get anything – like as far as commitments or coaching changes and things like that. But this week, it really seems like it's setting up to be a big time news week just from everything that we heard. When you get a bunch of, when you get a bunch of stuff dumped on you on a Saturday, you know, the week's about to be big. Yes. And there was a big dump to us Saturday. There was multiple things that we'd heard, we've heard. And obviously we, we will discuss them as things come out. Like you said, some things are touchy. You just kind of want to wait for it to become official. You don't want to get too far ahead of yourself with stuff with stuff like this. But we will be sure that we cover it all as soon as it goes, as soon as it starts going out there. Yes, we will uh, be uploading new episodes. And uh, all sources say, but sometimes you can't, you cannot go too far in this. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, all right, well, we're going to wrap it up now and be back very, very soon. Maybe as soon as like tomorrow. It just depends on when the news drops. We will be back. Uh, for that and until then it's time for a message from our friends at manscape flowers are blooming the grass is growing and it's time to chop the weeds thanks to our sponsor manscape you can trim your holes 
safely and efficiently. I'm talking about ball trimmers. Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming, have an exclusive offer for our audience. Use promo code PILGRIM to get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Join the other 2 million men who trust Manscaped. They are here to make sure you are trimmed and smelling nice. After all, it's time for spring cleaning. Sean, spring has sprung and Manscaped has the best tools to get you ready. They are the global leader in men's below the waist grooming and have forever changed the grooming game with their amazing products. They are here to help you with above the waist holes too. Have you heard of their weed whacker, Sean? This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin safe technology, which helps provide prevent nicks, snags and tugs in those delicate holes. No more gross nose hairs flying in the wind. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM pow motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Manscaped is making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to, delivering maximum confidence while providing hygiene. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with promo code PILGRIM at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off and free shipping with promo code pilgrim p-i-l-g-r-i-m at manscaped.com it's spring cleaning baby and your balls will thank you amen amen brother all right sean let's get the hell out of here this was a lot of fun plenty of stuff to discuss and keep updated with and hopefully we did a solid job of making sure we did both on that note where can fans find your work sean you can find my work at GoBigBlueCountry.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at GBBCountry. You can find me on Twitter at JackPilgrimKSR. Reach out to me via email at JPilgrim at KentuckySportsRadio.com. With that, we'll be back next time for another Jam Pack Source to Save podcast. We will see you then.